0: Good afternoon, this is Gary Gear, uh, pastor of Calvary Baptist Bible Church, uh, part of the Wallers and the Carpenter, and we will not tell you which one I am. And with me, as always, is Jason Olegood, pastor, teacher, bishop, elder of Fellowship Bible Church here in the stunningly beautiful city of Peoria, Illinois. And I just have one question for you today, Jason.
1: <laughs> which is what, Gary, as I chew on my... What Churchies do you think about
0: Matt Chandler moving away from the campus model finally?
1: I'm trying to remember if I even knew that that had happened.
0: I just read it yesterday. He, oh, wow. And, and and it's great the way that they worded their life. What they're going to do is they're going to take other campus churches and have local churches. Mm. And I know this is just crazy talk. They have local churches with pastors in each congregation. That's
1: That's revolutionary. It is.
0: <laughs> and... If you read what they're saying, they keep saying we just really feel compelled to do this. We just feel really compelled by the spirit to to do this, and, and uh, not not instructed by the scriptures to do it. Well, <laughs> you know, bully for them having gotten there. And uh, although the elephant in the room, which they talk about in diplomatic terms, is uh, um, you know people want to hear Matt Chandler speak, right? And that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah. With the multi-campus.
1: By the way, how long have we known each other? Oh, about five, six years. Five, five years. Five years. Yeah. And you still don't know how to say my last name, <laughs> Alligood. No, it's Alligood. No, like, it's 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 a short i. No, it's like uh, like alligator. No, no, it is not. No,
0: it is. You guys pronounced your name wrong. Well,
1: tell tell my grandpa Gator
0: that. Well, you know what? Being French, but I imagine. Dead. Well, he probably pronounces it right now. <laughs> But you understand why he was
1: called Grandpa Gator? Well, he was just called Gator because of alligator, alligud. That's where that came from.
0: I I don't doubt that at all. But <laughs> y'all are down from Florida, right? That is correct. Okay, yes, that sir. explains a yeah, lot, it, right? It there. does.
1: You know, when did Florida get this reputation? By the way, this is something recent, from my, in my knowledge that they that Florida has some reputation of having a bunch of crazy people.
0: Elmore Leonard novels and uh, Carl Heisen novels. Really? Yes. Okay. Seriously. Okay. And plus the fact, I mean, I only went to College of Pensacola for four years, and we're Northwest Panhandle. There was still plenty of nuts up there. That's a pretty
1: different culture up there, though. I mean, from where I was from, because where I was from was very rural, and you get up in there, that's like people trying to be Californians in the Northwest uh, part of the state there. I didn't really notice that tendency, but this was the 80s. So. Well, and you were also restricted to a campus where you couldn't get off there.
0: We had little collars put around our necks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Jason, yeah. what are we going to talk about today? Well, our topic for
1: today is one that's been it's been actually in the evangelical world for um, a couple of years, as, as far as just having a, a presence there. But I think more recently, in, in in the last month and a half, two months, it's it's risen its head again in in a in a different way. Uh, But we're going to talk about the issue of justification by faith alone and do we um, get to heaven – and this is the terminology that's been used – do we get to heaven um, by faith alone um, and – and or are works in some way necessary? And,
0: okay, and I'm really, pause. I'm really,
1: I'm really throwing a bunch of garbage out there. Pause. Right
0: no, and none of it's yeah. garbage. But yeah. I'm, I'm puzzled because we, you know, we are celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Yeah. Right. Of, 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 <clears throat> of that pounding nail into yeah. that church door. Right. Haven't we gotten that figured out yet? Yeah. 500 years no. later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, yes, I think so. I think we have gotten it figured out. Um, it's the it's the fallout of the scriptures, though, that cause us to question. Um, well, it's it's like the issue of scripture alone. We don't mean uh, uh, solo scriptura when we say um, sola scriptura. It's, it's scripture alone, in the sense that that is the authority, but it doesn't mean that we don't ever appeal to history or anything
0: like that. As opposed, I believe the term is nuda scripture or scripture right. only i mean scripture, scripture only, only yes Solo, else, right? right
1: right right yeah so the as the reformers would put it it's justification by faith alone but faith is never alone and so the real question comes about about, about how do you how do you parse out what that means that it's it's by faith alone but faith is never alone
0: Okay, now if you could uh, clarify then what has brought this into the forefront recently. What from your, yeah. your, your viewpoint has yeah. brought that?
1: So there was, um, I think, an article that came out by someone at Desiring God, not Piper himself, that was talking about slaying dragons. Okay. And, and um, I, I, I de- I, I, to my shame, I've never read the article. I've only seen the arguments that have come uh, about as a result of it. But just that um, the the idea that we must do something to put sin to death, and and how does that m- work mechanically, if I could use that term, and it's probably the wrong term, um, in the life of the believer, how do we uh, sanctify or how are we sanctified and uh, to what degree are works necessary in the whole scheme of salvation? Um, and, and so then we get into the issues of what do we even mean by the term salvation? Because in the background that you and I grew up in, mm-hmm. um, being saved, we—I uh, don't want to speak for you—but typically for me, it was just justification. What was what was talked about? You know, you you say the prayer mm-hmm. so that you get in, and then. You know, everything else after that besides eternal security or glorification is optional. You know, sanctification is optional.
0: Um, We were taught, and I I grew up CMA, we were taught that sanctification was a second act by the Spirit. mm -hmm. uh, Almost a Keswick-type crisis experience. I
1: always forget that you weren't necessarily raised in a ultra fundamentalist background night. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, so that actually is part of the discussion that comes up as well as either a second act or a second decision, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the discipleship
0: the old chafer.
1: Yeah, the chafer type yeah. theology and is there a sense in which what Piper and maybe some of those not quite, you know, covenantalist reformed camp would would really just be playing off of um, a false dichotomy, and I think you and I would agree as as um, those who 've studied Reformation theology a bit more when we talk about somebody being saved, just a couple of thoughts here one is we 're talking about uh, justification, sanctification, and glorification um, we were saved, we are being saved, we will be saved, um, but also that when we when we um, put our faith and trust in Christ, it's a work of God, but all of it is a work of God. All of it is a work of grace in our life, even though we would say in sanctification we participate, we are active in that, that still flows from from God's grace, and I think it's Sinclair Ferguson has a book that most recently came out called All of Christ, and I think yeah, that's I actually the read way.
0: that last year. Very good book, yeah. excellent book.
1: And I think that's the way that the reformers would talk about this issue: is that when you, if we could, if I could use the term, receive Christ. When you receive Christ, you are receiving all of Christ, and so that means He is sufficient for justification and sanctification as well as glorification.
0: Okay, um, so. They're part of it, and some of this from some of the opponents of Piper, and by the way, I think you and I would both agree, we would both agree by justification, by faith alone in Christ. Both of us are, are totally on that, and I think yeah. we hold the same thing with works and yeah. being a necessary evidence of our mm-hmm. growth, mm-hmm. Or of our faith in Christ, that faith, faith truly exists. So I don't believe Jason and I, neither of us are coming down on either side of the debate, as far as the people themselves, mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out what are people actually teaching right? and what's, what's being understood with that. And, and to me, th- this is where the tension really comes in. And this goes back to the whole reformer thing and actually to the heart of what Luther struggled with before he became a believer and even afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I know that I am in the right place with God, Mm -hmm. the the assurance of salvation. Right, right. And and so much of at least Luther's element of the Reformation had to do with assurance of salvation. So for those of you who are hearing all this and thinking, well, that's a lot of theological gobbledygook, I, I can say this from experience. There's gonna come a point in your life when you ask yourself the question, if and when I die, or when I die, what for what reason is God going to accept me? Right, right, yeah. Y- that, that will depend on how you enter into those moments. Right, right. That, that's that's what will make that determination, and also it's part of how you look at your everyday reality as a follower of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I, I want us to be careful to not
1: just spend our whole time here kind of trying to figure out who's saying what, because I do right. think that there is an issue of – um semantics in some sense and and so piper has tried to clarify in recent days and other people are coming back and saying well this is what you said in 1994 or 1999 so you know um that's a whole other episode of can we hold somebody to something they said <laughs> and say you still believe the same thing today even though you say you don't uh but but the point being then then other people are saying well he he hasn't clarified uh because um he still is saying something different um, than than what is traditionally taught in, in Reformed circles. And so we could go round and round about that, you know. Right. Um, but I, I guess I'd rather us have a dialogue about um, our understanding and, and and see if we can sharpen each other in this moment. I mean, maybe this is the, the one episode where nobody's going to listen because it's just you and I trying to sharpen one another. But.
0: Well, I— <laughs> It, it comes down and maybe the I thank I, you I, to all three of you that do listen by yes way. that's right and 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 the third's my my <laughs> mother probably so uh um it, 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 but in all seriousness it, this is where the tension comes back and forth and where I even see the yo yoing in my own life mm-hmm. um at what, okay, and I, I preached first first John recently, and mm. um, that, that really is, you know, the one who practices sin. Yes. The one who hates his brother. Right. So you have some very strong weighted language. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you look at it in the context of... Um, of uh, of, of a person who's already growing in their faith in Christ, are mm-hmm. they practicing? Are they practicing hatred? Mm-hmm. At the same time, and this maybe comes down to a whole other issue: Do we still see ourselves as sinners mm-hmm. once we become followers of Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that a proper um, label, label? Yeah, for for us afterward. And, yeah. and I'll ask you: How do you see yourself? Now I know how I see you. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah, when you yeah. look at yourself, right? Do, right. Do you see yourself as a person who is still struggling with sin?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, I think as with everything, you know, I hate to use the buzzword nuance, but there are some nuances to that, you know. I'm a redeemed sinner. Okay. In other words, I like to I like to speak of it in a sense that you know, my sin does not uh any longer condemn me because Jesus has paid for that sin. Um however the scriptures also have these conditional statements if you continue, if right. you do this. And and clearly I want to make sure and, and be clear that those those conditional statements, if this is true of me or of you, are a result of God's grace through Christ, not of my own work still. Okay. And I think that's where some of the argument is coming in. But yeah, I see myself as a redeemed sinner. How, I mean, how would you answer that question?
0: I would say so also. And this is a discussion I'm having with a member of my congregation, and it's not in any way acrimonious. And I seek his position. I say, you know, hey, as as, as we grow in Christ, we become more aware of how much sinners we are. Yeah. He says he struggles with the idea of being identified as a sinner when Scripture's so clear mm-hmm. that we should be moving away from it. And I, mm-hmm. I understand what he's saying, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I still think that the more you grow in Christ, the more you're aware of things that have been going on all the all the, the whole time you've not been aware of. Yeah,
1: so that's maybe the Romans 7 type idea, depending on how people would take that, the meaning of of Romans 7. But it seems like Paul is more aware of his sinfulness as he grows in, in grace. Um, that's the position I would take of Romans 7. But I do think we have to be careful to say what 1 Corinthians 1 and verse... 30 says, and because of him, uh, you are in Christ Jesus who became, so Jesus became to us wisdom from God, right. righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so I think even when we're talking about good works, um, and, and I'll pose a question to you that I pose to <laughs> my congregation here in a minute. Even as we talk about Good works. We're talking about those things that are rooted in Christ. He has become those things for us. So if I say I'm a I'm a redeemed sinner, um, or as my friend Paul's clothing company is called Righteous Wretch, um, that righteousness is grounded in Christ, and I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ, and that's what makes me acceptable to God. My works can never do that. But the question that I ask my congregation, that I'll ask you now, is: Are good works necessary for salvation?
0: Okay, this is where the term <laughs> nuance comes out again. Yeah. I would say yes. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say good works are necessary for salvation. But um, now here's here's where I throw one back at you. Are, are they necessary for assurance or right. is it confidence in what – I mean, at, at what, what point do you decide, okay, my good works is telling me God's working in me as opposed to my good works um, –
1: Earn me something. Er, earn me. Yeah. How, yeah. How, how, yeah. how do you play on that? Yeah, that's a great... So the way I answer that question in my congregation is, um, if you're talking about sanctification, then the answer is yes. Good yeah, works are necessary because they're the necessary fruit yes. of our justification, which is a proof, Right. which is, in some senses, an assurance, as long as, as you just were intimating by your question, as long as my assurance is not in my own... Earning anything with God through those works, but those works are a natural outflow of what God has done in me. And I, I mean, I can't help but go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, which we often skip when we recite Ephesians 2 right. eight and 9.
0: Good works that Jesus prepared beforehand. Yeah,
1: for we are his workmanship. So it talks about us being something that God has worked, that he has created in Christ Jesus, but it says, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Not that we might walk in them, not that we could possibly walk in them, but this is what we ought to be doing. Right. And so we recognize from that that we are his workmanship, we are created in Christ Jesus, but how are we created in Christ Jesus for good works? And I think, you know, going back to my fundamentalist roots, if I could, that was never talked about. That was never anything that was um, expressed was that you know, uh, um, it, this is not optional. Right. And the true Christian, this is not an option. This is something that will occur. And so the question becomes, um, where do I start and God stops? And there's no answer to that question because I can't do it without God. Right. I can't die. If I'm not in Christ, I will not bear fruit that is, that is in, in, uh, What's the what's the word in the in the scriptures? It's not in concert, it's not the word there, but but it's not in concert with my redemption. Right. Um so anything that looks like good works, but is in some way me trying to be meritorious or outside of Christ, it's it's actually an indication that I'm that I'm not born again.
0: Yeah, it's um and I, I struggle with that. And it's interesting when you look at scripture, and I, I could be wrong on this, there are many warnings. About um, the way we live our life. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, going back, I, I think you Paul's Romans 6 argument, shall we continue uh-huh. and that grace may abound. Right. But I think, and I'd be interested to see what the breakdown is, how many more warnings there are not to depend upon your works. Yeah. I mean, if I think of the entire book of Galatians. If I, right, right. The book of Hebrews. Yeah, um, yeah. A Christ throughout the, and the Gospels, even though he warns of both. Right, right. It seems to warn of moralism more. Right, right, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I think it sounds like we're on the same page in that regard. Yeah. Um, what would you do if uh, somebody from your congregation came to you and, and said, um, "You know, Pastor Gary, I'm not sure that I am exhibiting the fruit that is that is required of me as a believer." How would
0: you, you know, give him a high five? So finally, <laughs> finally. <laughs> I I go back to Peter. Is it Second Peter one or First Peter one, where he does the chain of Second Second, Second Peter, Peter one. one, yeah, where he does the chain of obedience. That's a and great place to go. I would walk with them through that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, again, this is one of the realizations as you grow in Christ. Sin that has always been there becomes more apparent, and then you mm-hmm. deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <sighs> What is it Calvin said? Our hearts are idol factories. And right. I, I think we, we we never get to a point where we um, um, rise above our baser nature totally. Mm-hmm. Um, now, glorification, not glorification, but sanctification right. gives us elements of that. And again, one of the big elements that Luther, and to Calvin to some extent, but more Luther, maybe even a little bit of Melanchthon, really dealt with is the fact that a person could be justified and be a sinner at the same time. Right, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that you went to Second Peter because I think oftentimes in that Second Peter one three verse that we go to, we we often talk about the sufficiency of Scripture right. from that verse. I, th- I think that's part of it, but I don't right. think it's the whole of it. I I think what he's saying there is um, in in verse three, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, um, and then he begins to talk about these you know adding these things to your faith. Well, God is the one who's provided those those things. If I could right. put that so blunt, you know, so uh, uneloquently to us, you know, He's provided those things to us. You know, through the knowledge of Him who called you to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And then he says, based on this, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue and knowledge right. and, and so on and so forth. But, I mean, that's, you know, obviously there's the, what does that mean that we're, we become partakers of the divine nature question? Um, well, it's union with Christ through faith. Exactly, and that's that's how I would answer that. I don't think it's theosis or anything like that from our Eastern Orthodox friends, but um, but, yeah, we're... We're uh, we're united to Christ, and I think that's where we have to be careful when we're talking about sanctification to not make it sound like this is a work that you're doing, and if you don't do it, you're not going to heaven. And I think that's where people have gotten upset at Piper. I struggle with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I still struggle with that. Um, Personally or yeah, even no, in communicating no, it to people? I, okay. I struggle with it yeah. sometimes.
0: Again, and I, I think this was... Um, the issue with the Puritans, too, I, I found, hey, put those down. No, I'm just kidding.
1: I'm trying to uh, be quiet with it, but yeah. there's no way. It's like super loud on the recording. <laughs> no,
0: Jason's bogart guarding my, uh, my Hershey's Nuggets <laughs> here. Um,
1: uh, I'm going to die My wife will hear this later. <laughs> Actually, she doesn't listen to the show. So,
0: <laughs> um, I, I had read this. From a uh, a man – there was a sermon I read by a man who was dying of cancer. It was a pastor who was dying of, of cancer. And it really resonated with me because he said that – and, and he, he comes from a very Reformed background. I mean, Presbyterian, mm-hmm. Reformed, mm-hmm. the whole bit. And he said that although his death has come closer for him, he realizes he has to keep pushing away – the belief that his works have something to do with his salvation, sure. as far as making him right and before God, because mm-hmm. he was there thinking, "Well, I haven't become good enough here, and I haven't become mm-hmm. good enough there." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Puritans overstep those bounds sometimes. When you know you would have somebody missing worship a few weeks in a row, and then start asking, "Well, are you even a believer?" Right. Sure. Yeah. There's a time to ask a person he's a believer. Right. But not when a person's not. Totally stepping in line with the culture you've created for sanctification. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where the real danger is. And I, I see myself sometimes and I've I've had this struggle in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll come up again where you sit there and you kind of inventory your life and you right. think I'm not where I need to be. And the thought is in my mind is well, mm-hmm. Gary, you obviously have not done enough. Well then I've I've gotta no, this is by faith. It's by right. faith. It's right. The, the, the faith has brought me God's favor, not my works.
1: Yeah, and that's where I was listening to uh, Mortification of spin this morning, and they were talking on sanctification, and uh, I thought it was really great that it was um, – gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, anyway, so not one of the normal hosts, but they were interviewing somebody. But he said that's where the Psalms are really encouraging, because yes. you see this doubting at the beginning. Right. By the end, the confidence isn't in David himself or whoever the psalmist
0: may be that's writing that particular psalm, but it's in the Lord. And, and I, I think you make a great point there, and I think the psalms – and I'm sorry if some of you disagree with me on this, but I look with suspicion with someone who says um, – I never doubt my salvation. Mm. I, I always look at suspicion with that I think to myself, Yeah, you've not examined your life at all, have mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm. You know. And, and the scriptures tell us we're supposed to yes. examine ourselves to see if we're elect. Yes. And know? at the same time, it's not what we have done that convinces us exactly. ultimately that we're elect. Right. It's
1: it's what Christ has done. And I think that's the that's the the part where we have to say Well, let me let me let me ask you what I've said this a few times in recent weeks. Our glorification <coughs> is not based on our justification, or on our. I'm sorry. Oh our glorif- wow! No, no, no. I said it wrong. <coughs> you did. I, I'm going to cut it out <laughs> <laughs> later. Our glorification Terrency. isn't based on our sanctification. Our right. glorification is based on our justification, but our justification produces sanctification. Yes, that that leads us. That's the that's the pathway to glorification, in the sense that that's just the road, right. as it were. You know, right. the destination A and B. You know the de- the. The beginning of the destination is justification. The end result is glorification, and we're going to get there. But right. the road to that is sanctification.
0: Well, you, 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 you could. I guess this is going to be the goofiest illustration. Okay, hey, bring it on. This is a goofy illustration. I almost look at it like uh, if you ever looked up in the sky when you were a kid and you'd see the the the, the, the contrails of a right. plane way up right. In, right. in the right. distance. Yeah. yeah. Any I think of it the fact that the plane taking off is justification, its final destiny lands is glorification, and the sanctification is those contrails. Right, right. I mean, sure. I, again, goofy yeah. illustration. No, but,
1: but, I, but I think that that I think that, that is good, and I think that that... Because
0: that exhaust doesn't get it there. Right, right, yeah,
1: that's right. It's just the results of it, Yes. yeah, of taking off and knowing that it's going to land yeah. if everything goes well. I mean... Like every illustration, it
0: falls apart. It, maybe. Like every illustration, <laughs> it falls
1: apart at some point, and I'm usually the one who finds the place where it Thank falls apart. Thank
0: you for poking that hole but, in my beautiful word picture. But um, <laughs> boy, but you know that
1: pathway. Someone paid
0: for your baggage there too. That, and why don't you do that?
1: <laughs> but the trail is the trail is dangerous. Yes, and, and there's there's warning signs along the way. There's there's signs that say if. This, yes. then this is true of you, or stay away from the edge of the cliff, or you're going to fall off. Yes. And so I believe that, that the, you know, again, God uses means to bring us to the end. Right. And it's all, it's all because of Christ. I'm not taking that away, but we are active in sanctification so that if I'm in Christ, I see the warning. And, I mean, again, the, where the illustration falls apart is some, sometimes that warning... Is we're bumping up
0: against it a few times before right. we before we get back on the path, you know, right? And I, um, I I think we're part of the dangers. let me bring up a practical example. Um, sure, David Platt's Radical, yeah, came out what six seven years ago, yeah, probably longer than that. Um, than, sure, I don't know if you came upon people who had read it, but they read it and they're like. Wow, I need to be doing this, and other people mm. wouldn't be as excited, and they'd almost be saying, "Why, right? Yeah. Why aren't they? Able, you know, and maybe right. they're not believers if they're right. not as tied as I right. am at that right. point,
1: right? Exactly, and that 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 brings me to something else I was thinking of, which is that idea of God uses ordinary means, yes, to sanctify us. Um, I think we look for the spectacular. I think we look for the epiphany.
0: Yeah, the epiphany moment, crisis moment. Very Keswick. Yeah, e-
1: exactly. Um, and and now I'm now I'm on the path of sanctification. No, you've been on that path since you've been justified.
0: Right. Exactly. Um,
1: and and you're you're you know you're looking for these giant goalposts, and really there's little rocks and leaves along the way that have kept you on the path. You know because you can see it, and and you're you're not you're miss you're looking for the big you know this way signposts and God has given you these little things along the way that are ordinary things that keep you on on the path. Then
0: let me ask you this then when I'm pretty sure I know how you're going to answer this but as you talk to your congregation on what basis are you compelling them or or telling them they need to grow in personal holiness. Yeah. Well, first of all because it's commanded. Okay. You know, so the the
1: um, I- imperatives of of scripture um right or the indicatives. I get those confused. Imperatives. Imperatives. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the idea that God says this is what you ought to do. Um, and and in that is not fear, right? I'm not fearing that God is going to condemn me. Now I need to be fearful of consequences for not doing that, you know? Right. If I don't love properly, there are consequences for that. But the joy that is found in obedience, that, you know, we often, I think we think of blessing as that which God bestows upon us after we do the thing rather than saying, no, the way is the blessing. That's right. that's the point is that you're going to be blessed if you live in this way. You know, it's more blessed to give than receive, you know, that idea that the pathway itself brings blessing, you know. Well, I like to receive things, but boy, there's a joyfulness when I get to, you know
0: Actually minister in that way. Yeah, right? minister
1: in that way. Give my friend chocolate with toffee and, and almonds in it. <laughs> Thank you, by the way.
0: Oh no problem.
1: <laughs> but uh how about for you? What do what do you oh, no, I would, in a sense of
0: compelling the I, I would I would say part of it. I but here's the thing. I while 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 the imperative is part of it, um I date. didn't just say imperative. I said the blessing too. So okay, with, know, with yeah. the blessing, but, yeah. but stressing the, I mean, and I think the imperative is part of it, and I'd say the blessing is also. But I'd also say the third element would be relational, no, it's good. or or even imitative or transformational. Mm-hmm. That is, if if you are truly a disciple of Christ, and then then, then you will love him, and mm-hmm. you will seek to imitate him. I mean, I'm not trying to channel Thomas campus here or anything. But in in trying to, to, to um, actually be like Christ, mm-hmm. to, to hunger, to reflect part of his character to someone else, mm-hmm. um, Christ is remaking you to love him and to love others. Yeah. Is that process taking place? Yeah.
1: And I think that that, again, gets back to what you said earlier, the right. un- union with Christ. Right. And union in his, um, I believe, in his act of obedience, that right. he actively obeyed, fulfilled the law in his time on earth and, and so now uh, Romans eight uh says that he has fulfilled that in us. We don't have to say yes to sin any longer. We can say no to sin and we right. can you know um we can live um in, in, in obedience to him um after we're justified. Right. So and I do think I do think that there is this sense of um uh, careful how I say this Having victory over sin
0: in, in a John Owens <laughs> kind
1: of a way, rather than a than a you know modern day televangelist type right. victory, um you know John Owens made it very clear you're not going to be able to uproot sin, but you can you can cut it down so, mortify so, and, it and, is, is he and, put and, it right yeah. the idea mortify it you know you can cut it down and you can keep it at bay if I could put it that way, um but it's going to take so, with some sins, it's going to be a daily right. mortification. And, uh, and with others, maybe you find over time that it's going to become daily. Um, but it's a
0: it's – um, again, it's not done in our own strength. It, it is interesting, especially in our area, where you see a lot of uh, ACs, apostolic Christians, and a great deal of apostolic doctrine, of course, depending on the church you're at, is a very works-based salvation, yeah. using works to complete their salvation. But, but you see a shifting back and forth with them that, that once – and even Roman Catholics – Or you see people converting over to Roman Catholicism from Protestantism Mm -hmm. um, where they're looking at their life and they say, I need some sort of roadmap to know how I should live Mm -hmm. other than what I see here. So they they go to something more formalized. They go to something moralistic or legalistic in the most literal sense of the terms there. Right. Yeah,
1: that's right. And that's the danger, I think, of – Walking that razor's edge, is we want to do that, you know, because we want something either very rigid on the one hand, or something very spectacular on the other hand. Right. Versus saying, you know, God has given us His Word; He's indwelt us with His Spirit, um, and um, and He He offers for us to pray to Him. He He reminds us, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, both in baptism and the Lord's Supper, of of what He has done. Those are confirming um, means. Um, and just and and gosh, darn it, darn it, there's just something so normal and ordinary about that. And we want something you know, either super rigid on the one hand that tells me more, or on the other hand, hey, I can live any way I want to, and God's just going to inject this second work of holiness in my life.
0: You know, let go and let God, Keswick type stuff. Well, I mean, I think that's the basis of Ferguson's book. Mm. And the fact that our our tendency when when we're trapped in moralism is to move to antinomianism to, mm-hmm. to uh balance to out alleviate, or antino- yeah. to alleviate these yeah. really no yeah. the idea is is you is you go to Christ. Right. Is is you yeah. look at Christ and that that takes care of overbalancing on both areas. Right, right. Indeed.
1: But what you and I are not saying and we may need to wrap it up with this, we're not saying what Tulian Chavijan said, "Oh heavens!" Which you go back and you just hit, hit, hit the reset button on your justification and that sanctification. Explain what you mean by that. Well, just that we just we just look to the fact that you know we have been justified and uh, we kind of. Sort of sit and think about that for a while,
0: and now we're now we're moving in sanctification. Okay, yes. And yeah. again, I, I I would say that he's doing the reverse, to the opposite direction of what we accuse Roman Catholics of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he's doing there what uh, that's 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 antinomianism in its in its finest form, if yeah. I may put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Romans six falls off the table and rolls and, away.
1: And, and we have to we have to say okay if God. Uh, if my mentality, if my understanding is that God has justified me, he has indwelt me by his Spirit, he's given me these means to, to deal with, with sin, that there is an active participation in that. I don't think about where do I start and end, and where does God start and end. It's just right. it's all part of the package. It's all part of right. grace in my life. Grace actually teaches me to say no, right? Right. Uh, as, is it Titus that says that, right? Um, uh to to sinfulness, and so I need to be um, putting sin to death, but I'm not doing it in my own strength. I think is the point,
0: right? Which we're no longer slaves to sin in Romans, also at the same time, right? Which right, uh, yeah. again is the same thought there. Yeah. Um, but going back to the main to what we we're talking about earlier, and the difference between the two positions that we we brought up, you you have one position which sees itself as primarily you know, grace by faith alone through Christ, works are evidence. The second position, which I believe that they're accusing Piper of, is the fact that Piper would say, yes, grace is by faith alone through works in Christ. Yeah. But those works also are instrumental. They don't, they don't need to be perfect. They need to be faith-based works. And God, through his grace, makes those as instruments of our salvation also. Yeah. Yeah. So what? What? what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I think you gotta be very careful to parson and uh, yeah. again, I that seems where a lot of the argument is and but I mean thankfully neither, neither of us, you know, drink at the well of Piper, drink at the well of Brad Mason or whoever else is involved. Right. It's uh they're responsible for God for their own and at the same right. time we right. need to
1: be aware. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that it is Titus two. By the way, Titus two okay. eleven and twelve. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all right. people, training us that's to true. renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for a blessed hope. I just think you know we can't. We have to see it as the entire grace package. If I could put it that way. Right. I would agree. Yeah. Any other thoughts here at the end? No. You close this but... out too. You started us up. No. You can you go and close this out because okay. that's that's just your deal, baby. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening today. We hope that uh, it has been enlightening to some degree, and um, that you can uh, stand us for this half an hour that we we give to you each time we put the podcast together. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to us uh, via via the uh, the Twitter hand, handle uh, at wallcarp Radio or com or a Facebook page, facebook.com/slash wallcarp Radio. And uh, we used to have an email address. I don't know. We used to say that. <laughs> But I haven't said it in a while, so who knows if it still works or not, or if anybody would even
0: attempt. But you, you can see if anyone has sent an email to it for a while. Yeah, but we probably should check that. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks for listening today. Countless.